The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. And the third game of the preseason is in the books. We're going to hit on that. I'm kind of concerned. That and more here on show 461. Well, Raider Nation, before I get into the show, I've got to hit on the, well, everyone's talking about it, Kaepernick situation. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty boisterous on Facebook. I'm pretty pissed. I have friends, family, who've given their life for the flag. For this bonehead to disrespect it is beyond, well, it just shows his lack of class, lack of composure, and of focus, really. He has a platform. He can use it in any which way he'd like. He could have just come out in the press and had a press conference. Instead, he he uses a childish, cowardly act, in my mind, to show a point that has been made already uh, and one that I'd like to see him do more about than just get off his skinny little ass. Yes, he has valid points. Yes, there are issues in this country with police violence against black Americans and Mexican Americans and Chinese Americans. (laughs) The cops are out of control on many levels. Black community is getting hit the worst. There is no doubt in my mind. However, this guy picked the wrong forum, especially in this country with football being a type of a red, white, and blue event. Honestly, the NFL portrays it so. I've always thought so since I saw my first NFL game. This is America's game, not baseball. So in closing, let me just say this. It's curious that this came out at this time because Kaepernick has grown a set of cojones and people are all on his cojones, literally uh, sucking his cojones for this brave act, which I think is bullshit. Kaepernick is just as bad a quarterback as he's ever been. They can't hide his mistakes. He's a terrible reader of the field. He can't see the open receiver. He gets confused, gets sacked. He's who he is. He's not gotten any better than last season. Trust me. Kaepernick and the 49ers have had issues already. It's no surprise to me that he does this in disrespect not only to the country, but mainly to the team. If you don't think this destroys a locker room, well, you're smoking some serious weed, bro. No, Kaepernick is another Terrell Pryor, actually a slight bit better, but not much. Got a great arm, got great arm strength, got great size and speed, but no head. That's Colin Kaepernick in every every aspect of his entire uh, being to me. He's a guy with a little tiny head and a very small brain and very poor choices. I hope that he follows this up with something really sacrificial. I hope that he sacrifices his money and time and puts it where the mouth is and tries to make this issue uh, a better and more improved Uh, situation for the people in this country. I'd love to see that. Until then, he's still Kaepernick. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, he's some bullshit. And that is all I have to say about that. All right. Raider Nation, on today's show, we will the post game for the bashing of the titans which did not occur by the way a really surreal game being present at it because it was really our first home contest um 
amazing, shocking, scary. Those are some of the words I'm going to use to describe this game, and we will get into it. The Seacocks are coming to Oakland. Can't wait to see that. Uh, they mean business. They don't jack around in preseason. They're going to come and put a shellacking on us if we haven't made things happen. They are going to show us exactly who we are in this fourth preseason game. Yes, I know it's the last one. Yes, you're supposed to play second and third stringers, but it don't matter for the Seacocks. They're going to come and lay some wood in Oakland. Uh, I'd like to see us uh, prevail. We shall see. Let's talk about that and hit the bone line. That should wrap up the show. Welcome to the show, folks. Football season is here. The autumn freaking wind is in the air, and I can't freaking wait for the first game of the regular season. Let's get to the show. get to that post game for the Tennessee Titans our first home contest um lackluster that's the word I'd use well let's start out on the offensive side of the ball Derek Carr threw some fantastic passes two to be exact uh one to Amari Cooper in the end of the end zone which wasn't a catch but it was good that we got the touchdown for it's nice to see that change <laughs> What did you try to do this past season to get better, Amari? I mean, I just tried to work on the small things, you know, just working on catching the ball, looking it all the way through every time, just making it a routine thing, you know, just taking care of my body more you know, because those are the two things that I really kind of struggled with last year. And he's really competitive, too. Did you have any question that that was a touchdown catch, even though after they had to look at it and the ball kind of looked like it came out? Or, I mean, because there's so many questions of what's a catch anymore. Exactly that. There's Ryan thing. Uh, initially, I had I didn't have any questions because I thought I secured the catch. Two feet were in, and my hand was under the ball. But when I saw it, in slow motion. Every time you see something in slow motion, it yeah. looked reversible. So I was kind of questionable about that, but I was happy it was a touchdown. And the other one, of course, to Crabtree, uh, on kind of a go route on the on the sideline. Fire down the right sideline for Crabtree. He's got it. He lost his helmet going to the ground, but he kept the football. First and 10 Raiders on the Tennessee 10-yard line. They beat Antoine Blake, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, Tom, and a beautiful yep. pass there by Derek Carr. Looked like just a straight nine route, a goal route, right down the right sideline for 39 yards. Yeah, the really nice by Derek Carr, looking to the left, off scene, and then came back all the way to the right side and threw a perfect pass down the field. You're right. Here comes the late blitz. Carr has time. Going to lob one for the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown. What a catch there by Amari Cooper. Touchdown, Raiders. What a difficult catch that was in the back of the black hole end zone to reel that one in over Jason McCourty. How did Derek Carr get that up and down? Carr back, a pump, looks end zone high. Hit the the back of the uh, uprights, the stanchion in the black hole uprights town. He was trying to go to Michael Crabtree. It was open there, and Derek threw that ball too high in the back of the end zone. Derek back, throws end zone high, and Ed Wolford for a touchdown. On a post route, Tom, a slant in the back of the end zone. The big tight end was wide open, and Derek overthrew him. Del Rio going forward on fourth and two. Car back and a lot for the end zone. He threw it away. As Crabtree, why would you throw it away on fourth down? Crabtree must have run a different route, Tom. He sat down once he crossed into the end zone there. That's fourth down. There's no point to throw the ball away. you got to go for whatever you can get. And it looked like he just threw the ball where it was uncatchable. Well, there it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly from Derek Carr in the third preseason game as the, the Raiders go down against the Tennessee Titans. Two great throws, two amazing throws from Derek Carr, and then some red zone struggles. What did you see from the Raider quarterback this week? I, I, those first two throws may have been the two best throws I've ever seen uh, Derek executed. Not, not just for the ball placement. They were both superbly placed, but as you heard Coach Flores describe, and it's something that Derek has been working on in training camp, moving his eyes or not staring down a receiver like, like Colin Kaepernick does or some of the younger 
quarterbacks just they telegraph where the ball is and no matter how hard uh, how much arm strength you have if you're staring down receivers they're going to drive on it and break it up Blake Bortles watching him last night long delivery pats the ball pulls it back and you can drive on it no matter how how much velocity you put on the ball but something that Derek has been working on is looking one direction, coming back another, not tipping where he's going to go with the ball. And those two throws were as good as you can possibly make. Those were Aaron Rodgers-type throws. The first one down the right sideline to Michael Crabtree. He knew where he was going with the ball the whole time. He had single coverage there against Antoine Blake. Uh, Crab gave him kind of a big hop, but it was a straight goal route. And Derek never looked right. He looked left the entire time. The only time he looked right is when he opened up his shoulders to throw the ball down the sideline, and he put it right over Blake. It was an absolute dime. That's why the whole world is so excited about him. He came back and did it again the opposite side to Coop. He looked right the entire time. He went left, and that that was an even harder one because you had the baseline of the end zone there, and there was not a lot of room uh, for Coop to get both feet down, which he did. And he's been having a hard time getting both feet down. We saw him earlier in the preseason uh, drag his back foot. He could not complete a throw, a, a catch against Arizona. And I, I think part of it is, looking back on it, Coop was trying to catch the ball and tap the feet and stay upright, go out of bounds upright. I don't know if he was uncomfortable going to the ground or whatever the situation was, but I think the coaching point was slow your body down Make sure you get both feet down and then go to the ground. Now, the problem is, I don't think he caught the touchdown. I no, think that the ball moved been, clearly the ball when he hit the ground. Moved. Yeah, there was no doubt. I don't know what Ron Torbert was. Ron's not a very good referee. I've heard that. Uh, I don't know what help he had from New York. Uh, he had uh, three of them should have been the other way. Yeah. Just bad calls. In any event, they gave Coop the, the touchdown. But when they look at it with Rob Moore and the wide receiver coach in the room and look at it, he, the ball came out. But it, so Mari's trying to figure out, you know, how to get both feet down. Sometimes you have to go to the ground to drag that second foot. But now you have to you have to complete the act of catching the ball all the way to the ground, which he did not do. So, but anyway, those those were brilliant throws. The the ones going in on the red zone were poor throws. And I, Derek has had a problem, and he, overall his red zone numbers are, are really good, but he does miss high going into the red zone in the middle of the end zone, the back of the end zone. And you are taught to throw the ball high so your guy can go up and get it. And in case it's missed, it just goes through the back of the end zone and the ball is not tipped. The first one to Crabtree on second down, the coverage was on top. So the throw should have been low and to the ground and not high because Crabtree could go down and get it and it was safer to throw it to the ground low, make Crabtree kind of settle down he just he threw it high. The the third down throw to Clive Walford, and that's the one he's going to toss and turn about, was a flat-out miss. I and mean, he had him so wide open on that post route, uh, he was just it was there. And he just overshot him, and Clive's a, a tough guy to miss. He's so big, Dibs, but he missed him. The fourth one, I don't I don't know what he was doing on that play. I think it was, did he just throw the ball? Was that an Aaron throw? Why would you throw it away on fourth down? You have time to keep the play alive. It looked like he just threw it away. But it also could be it was an errant throw where he just missed Crabtree. Crabtree was open in the front pylon, the right pylon of the end zone there, and he just missed him. So th- these are critical misses that you cannot you cannot miss, you know, going in to score points there. Now, in the regular season, they'd kick the field goal. That's not the point. It was to simulate it, and that's one area of Derek's game where he, he has missed high uh, going into the red zone uh, just throwing the ball high, mainly in the middle of the back of the end zone, the back of the baseline. So, But overall, uh, I, I still think, Tibbs, they're trying to get the running game going. But I still think, and I know Bill Musgrave said, I'm trying to get away from the Philadelphia con. He didn't say it. He said, I want to get away from the Philadelphia concepts. You want to run the ball. But you know what? Your best players are number four, number 89, and number 15. And I think ultimately... That's who they are. They, they're going to get in the shotgun. They're still going to gun run you. And Derek and Amari and Michael Crabtree are going to be your team. They were 62% pass last year, Dibs. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to change. 
you know, all in all, DeAndre Washington looked good. He had some nice spurts, nice runs. He's got some nice bursts of speeds and change of direction, which is something that's refreshing. Uh, that was one of the Oswali, um blocked pretty good. And Asameli, uh took out half of the line. That was his best play of the season, I could see, on our offensive line. Long story short, we still have issues. We still have issues running the ball, which I'm very surprised about. Um, maybe we're not showing it. I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, it's concerning. I think that uh, we might revert back to last year's offense and just throw, sling the ball all over uh, way more than we run the ball. Let's hope that that's not the case because I do believe we do have a good line and it might develop through the season. You know, offensively, 14 points uh, in a game when we lose 27 to 14 is just not enough. Uh, not enough. I didn't see enough from the offense. I didn't see enough improvement. Yeah, I did see some drives. Uh, my major concern was Derek Carr in the end zone. I've seen this happen uh, throughout his tenure here. When he gets all amped up, when he sees that touchdown right in front of him, he it, it's hard for him to control himself, and he overthrows the football. He's done it many times, and this game, he did it three times in a row. The last time... On fourth down, I mean, what is he out there on on a picnic on a Sunday? That's a fourth down, bro. You're in fourth and goal, and you throw the ball away? There was room to run. There was room to do other things. He had time. I I don't understand that play because it, it, it made no sense at all. There's no way you could defend that play. Uh, if that happened in a regular season game, he would be crucified for that move. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, happy about that whole series was way concerning. Offensively, uh, we need to get a real tight end. I don't think Walford's the guy. I think he's okay. I just don't think he's the guy because he's not showing up uh, big time uh, like he should be. I do like DeAndre Washington out of the backfield. I like, I like that that guy because he can catch and he's fast. And in that middle, unless you have a linebacker that's very fast, uh, he's going to be able to get some some catches in the seam, and he might be uh, the next best thing to a good running game. So having that extra guy out there, having Cooper and Crabtree maybe getting double team, that gives Washington an opportunity, which I think we're going to use more and more. Uh, because last year when we used Lee, everyone knew it's going to be a run play because he was—he's just a blocking tight end. This way, maybe we keep Walford in, and then use De- Washington as that receiver instead of Walford because he doesn't seem to be uh, a viable option for this team. I don't know why, but it just doesn't seem to be the tight end like the Raiders have used in the past. Murray looks like Murray. He's the downhill, eight yards behind the line of scrimmage, running straight ahead. You know, again, this season, Murray, there's a hole just to the left of him. He picks the wrong one. He needs to find some patience. If Murray doesn't find patience, he will never find a hole in that line because he makes a poor choice at it. He guesses. Sometimes he's right. Few, but sometimes In most cases, if he just took a second as he was moving forward to look and see where the line opens, he could make a a change in direction and and have a much better uh, effect. But Murray is not that guy. Murray's the guy who runs straight ahead. If there's a hole, great. If there's no hole, he's going to just run into the line and fall down. That is Murray, and that's one of the reasons I don't like him. Uh, I don't like his style of run. I mean... A thousand yards, yes, but I think if Washington could stay healthy, I think he's going to really show him up this year. Uh, I think we might keep more than two running backs. Uh, we'll see, but uh, that that's kind of how I see the offense. It's sputtering, uh, and it needs a lot of work. Now, these young running backs are really interesting. DeAndre Washington, to me, is better than Jalen Richard, uh, just more explosive. And he, he could be a really good complement 
to a, a gun run type. You know, Murray's just not a great gun runner. He likes to be in the eye set more, hands on thigh pads, eight yards deep, coming downhill. DeAndre Washington, that the touchdown he scored after the Crabtree catch, that was easy. You, you better you better have a really fast linebacker to match up with that guy, or he's going to burn you on the choice routes. I thought he was the second coming of Darren Sproles, and he may be, but he looks a lot like uh, Shane Vereen. Remember the great Cale Bear yeah. running back? And when he went to New England, he was Tom Brady's check down, and he would just take a little dump and just found a way to find. Oh, he was a great check down runner, almost a wide receiver in the backfield like San Diego uses Danny Woodhead. Uh, DeAndre Washington could be that guy and maybe even more explosive. I'm not sure what kind of a scrimmage runner he is. We'll have to see. Richard was okay. Uh, I think Washington is clearly more explosive. Get him out in space. George the third still, boy, he can take it to the house, which is interesting. I'd like to find a way. Uh, they talk so much about Richard. The whole world knows about him. If you cut him, I think you'll lose him. Ultimately, you'd like to stash him on the practice squad because George is so good on special teams. But in any event, we'll see what they got. But uh, I think ultimately they still they want to run the ball. They spend all this money on the offensive line, Tibbs, and it's, yeah. still, it's still Derek's Derek, and he likes to be in the gun, and he likes to let it fly, and he's getting better moving his eyes and not telegraphing where he's going with the ball, and he drops some dimes that were just extraordinary. And your best players are your two wide receivers and the quarterback. So ultimately, you know, you're going to run a ball here and there, but this this could be another year where they just let it fly and let let Derek just try to – Get you in the end zone four times a Sunday. Now the 800-pound elephant in the room uh, would be our defense. We're actually running a 5-2. Somebody, see, some would call it a 3-4. I would, really, because that's basically uh, what it is. But in a 3-4 defense, or a 5-2, call it what you will, you need a monster nose tackle. That's why I say Dan Williams is so important. If he can cut some weight and get strong, stronger in this position, um, we could use him. He's the kind of guy we need in the middle. Other than that, our front four aren't stopping anybody because the linebacking core we have are light, fast guys. And when we get these linemen in the secondary blowing through, well, the linebackers we have, there's no match for the offensive line. So then we get gashed on the ground. That happened again uh, in Tennessee against this game, against this team. I <laughs> I was so hoping for an improvement in the running defense and was woefully disappointed. They're going to power run and a cutback run here to DeMarco Murray. Breaks the tackle of Amerson, 30, and he's finally pulled down on the 36-yard line. And they're on the move again to start the second quarter, 31-yard line. Read option to give DeMarco Murray off the right side. Breaks the tackle, 20, tripped up, but not until he's inside the Raider 15-yard line. Alarmingly easy link to puncture the Raider left side of the line. They're going to give it to Henry coming straight downhill link. Breaks a tackle, first down inside the Raider 40. That's what you're talking about. Just give it to the big back coming downhill, and he ran over a would-be tackler in the middle of the front. McGill finally got him down, but Henry uh, goes for 10 yards. And it's a counter run. They give it to Henry off the right side. He walks into the end zone for a touchdown. Just caving in the Raider defensive left time in link at Jihad Ward. The five technique jumped inside. There was no fill from a linebacker. There was no support from the secondary at all. And the Titans go in and score again. Want to stop the run. We really haven't stopped the run the way we expect to this year. Misfits continue to cause problems. We've got to get that cleaned up with the season approaching. So obviously that's a critical area that must uh, area that must be addressed and, uh, and will continue to be addressed. Oh, Tennessee with that boom, boom, pow. I got oh. that boom, boom, pow. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking of this song with the game Saturday because Tommy Kelly. Uh-huh. Remember Tommy Kelly? Yeah. I loved him. Gave him a lot of money. He uh, described the Raider run defense one year as boom, boom, pow, meaning one play, boom, we stop the run. Second play, boom, we stop the run. 
Third play, pow! We don't stop the run, we get gashed. <laughs> but now I'm not. I'm not hearing black-eyed peas and boom, boom, pow. I'm hearing pow, pow, pow. Yeah. Pow, pow, pow. They're not stopping anything. They're no. not stopping one run, and they're getting gashed. Play after play after play, and I, they spent a lot of money to rebuild this run defense, and you know, bringing Bruce Irvin in, and the, the Raiders, even going back to Lynx days of 2002, that was probably the best rush defense we've had. But then even in the Super Bowl, Michael Pittman ran all over them. they got to figure out a way to stop the running game because right now they're getting gashed, dibs. Well, how can they do that? Let's turn our attention to our next guest, Lincoln Kennedy. Follow him on Twitter, at LKennedy72. The question goes to you, Link. How can the Raiders, this defense, how can they stop the run? Well, first of all, good, good afternoon to you. Hello, Link. How are hey, you? What's up, Link? So, miss you, know, miss here's you. the thing. In, in evaluating the film, they, they're not winning the individual matchups between man-on-man. Now, you, you think about it, you've got five offensive linemen and, and five defensive linemen, and basically a 5-2 front, as Papa's pointed out so much. And then you probably talk about the two linebackers, and then if you bring it down to strong safety, you've got, in essence, an eight-man front. So you should be able to outnumber the, uh, the, the offense, uh, if you will, and at least have somebody for every, every gap and every hole. But that hasn't been the case. The defensive line has been pushed around. Um, the, the, whether it's offensive guards or fullbacks, they've been allowed to get up on the smaller linebacker core. Um, so we just don't have the personnel really to play that style of defense because, you know, Papa could tell you, look, you, when you play a 5-2, you've got to have a nose guard that what we call is a block eater, somebody that you have to have double team, like a Will Fork or something like that, one of those big power guys that, that can really move it. Without that, if a center is able to block the, 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 the nose guard and the guards are able to block the two defensive tackles, you've got smaller defensive ends at like Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin, uh, outside linebackers, then it's, it's an easy matchup. It's easy for them to, to take apart the defense, and that's what uh, teams have done so far. Yeah, like you heard after the game, Jack Del Rio, in the first couple of games he kind of let it slide, but the third game he, he was mad that, that they're just not uh, fitting the run, and he used the word misfit. We're misfitting. So I'm wondering if they have misfits in the personnel here, which is worrying me. Because as you say, if you're going to run a 34 defense, yes, you got to have those outside linebackers. Those are the glamour guys. But you've got to have a nose guard or you can't run this defense. They're trying – Justin Ellis. Now, last game, Link, Dan Williams went out for the flip of the coin. He was named one of the captains, and he started the game at three technique. So, but you look at the tape back, and they're getting washed down. And yeah, 90s, getting 90s, washed 90s getting, down getting washed down. Tried, 78s getting washed down. Yeah. Uh, but to, to, you know, size and strength of the ball in the offense, and they just got, you know, out of position. So it really hasn't looked glamorous for the defense so far. And I agree with you. Look, and I agree with Coach Del Rio. The fact is, after the third preseason game when your starters are playing the most, you expect a better turnout or a more positive outcome. And uh, to be honest, the, the Raiders' defense got pushed around a lot. All right, so, and, you know, the, the game in Green Bay also, uh, what the Packers did was they got the Raiders into their nickel defense, then they ran at them. And I, I thought the Raiders made a great adjustment. What they've been doing now is keeping that, that, that five-man front. But still, when the opponents bring three wide receivers on the field, they're taking Carl Joseph off the field, and they're bringing right. D.J. Hayden in and playing what they call their penny secondary, where you have three corners and one safety, but you still got your five-man front. So hopefully that'll be able to slow down the run. But my question is, do they? we're all looking at these undersized linebackers, but the guys in front have got to gobble up the block so Heaney and Smith can flow. It stays clean. That's exactly yeah. do, right. That's do, they, the do they have the personnel to be a good run defense? Well, they said on paper that they honestly believe they do. Um, but but we haven't seen it. You know, you remember our first production meeting when they were playing Arizona, how, yeah. you know, Coach Norton talked about how in this day and age you don't really have to have a big linebacker because they're just offenses aren't getting up to the second level. Well, in three games they've done that uh, to the Raiders. And more importantly, they've put the corners, Emerson and Smith and everybody else, on an island forced to make tackles. There's been a couple times where they've missed. So um, there's been some exposures on that defense. They can't very well, you know, the, the glamorous part of this defense was, hey, force teams into a passing situation, rush forward with Khalil Mack, Irvin, and get, get pressure there and drop back and play uh, defensive secondary. But these running backs are averaging almost four or five yards a crack every play. Why do you need to throw the ball? Yeah, you got to get it south. And that's not the only problem I see on the defense, by the way. Sean Smith sucks. D.J. Hayden looked pretty good in this game. Matter of fact, he saved a touchdown 
from across the field. I got to tell you, I got to give the kid props for the effort he's putting in. He's going to play a lot this year because our secondary, quite frankly, sucks ass. Our defense is in trouble, Raider Nation, and I see it. I hope I'm not the only one. I'd love to see some improvement with this team, but I don't see it. And I think it's going to take at least the first quarter of the season for us to find out exactly what we have on the defensive side of the ball and if we can fix it. I am very concerned about the first four games because this team does not look ready to travel. Hell, it doesn't look ready to play a first home game. I know there's a lot of optimism in the Raider Nation. I myself was very optimistic with the personnel pickups and the possibilities, but I see here that we are standing here looking with big question marks over everyone's head. This is throughout the entire Coliseum. The defense sucks ass, literally. Uh, Sean Smith missing everywhere. Uh, Bruce Irvin being pushed all over the field. Ben Heaney, he's like a he's like a feather out there being pushed all over the field. Um, yeah. Emerson Am- was the the hero of the game. I mean, this guy came out and played a great football game. If not for him, we would the score would have been morbidly one sided. It was kind of morbidly one-sided anyway at 27-14. I'm at a loss at this point of the preseason to explain why we're here. Coaching, I don't know. Maybe it's effort. I don't know. Maybe it's preseason. I don't know. But I'm not seeing the continuity, the smooth play, the transitions that I'd like to see, the pickups. I mean, there's... There's a lot, the pushes, the holes, uh, the gap control, the shedding of blocks, the tackling. All these are basic things to any football game, and we're not getting it done. I mean, we look like we did last preseason, literally. Not a damn bit of difference. We look the same. It looks like a seven-game win season uh, if we don't straighten this boat out. Uh, I'm not real optimistic after this game, so we shall see. Uh, We got a long first four games. It's going to be brutal if they can't fix these issues. I'd love to see it different. I'd love to throw a positive, but we'll see. And Cooper, by the way, uh, dropping balls, that's, I've I've had enough. Um, And that touchdown, honestly, was a drop ball, too. Uh, what is wrong with this freaking kid? Uh, they got to get a handle on this drop balls, and I mean now. And that is about that. Um, not much more I could say about that game, but severely disappointed would be an understatement as far as I'm concerned. As far as our progress uh, towards the 2016 season, we shall see. We shall see. Well, quickly, because there's really not a lot on this list, but the Raiders cut cut down to 75. Let's just look who they did cut, and, uh, you know, they can bring any of these guys back, but let's just take a look. Chris Edwards, Chris Hackett, Jimmy Hall, all wide receivers. Joe Hanley, Max McCaffrey, which I wasn't surprised about. Nathan Palmer, defensive tackle. Leon Orr. Uh, which I thought was making some inroads. Maybe he'll be a practice uh, squad guy. Who knows? Uh, Giorgio Trevecchio will not be kicking for this next game against the Seacocks. Um, Colton Underwood, defensive back. Tremanian Jacobs, long snapper Andrew East. Uh, Taryn Vaughn and Rose Burbank are the, the cuts to 75. Uh, these aren't tough to do. These are the easy cuts. When you get down to 53, 
we're going to see some players that we'd like to uh, like to see on the team. I'm sure going to be a tough cut. We'll also be looking for other players uh, being shed from other teams. Uh, let's just keep that alive too, because that could happen for the Raiders this season. So let's just call that a day. We're down to 75. to say uh, against the Seacocks that are coming to town. Going to play at the Old Doc Co. Looks like second and third stringers for the entire game. I do not expect to see uh, many first stringers out there at all, if ever, if any, uh, perhaps. We shall see. These are guys that are trying to make the team. Uh, we should see Connor Cook out there. We should see, you know, McGloin. It'll be kind of a marshmallow, let's just get out of the preseason unscathed game. If it were me, and uh, I was concerned, as I should be, on my defense, I would put my first three defense out there and make them play all game long, honestly. Uh, yes, I know I, I sound silly because I don't want anybody to be hurt, of course, which the new CBA almost guarantees, which the way they schedule practices, don't get me started, because that, I think, is the, the demise of modern football. They'll have to figure a better way to do things, but, you know, you can see as the new CBA has taken effect each season, uh, we're getting less and less polished football uh, at the beginning of the season. And and that's a fact. That's bad entertainment. It's bad news for both the players and the NFL. And somebody better do something. Uh, maybe not. I guess it's player safety, whatever. But it certainly has shallowed the game in the first part of the season. Because really, a lot of teams are using those first games to uh, to get better. To see if they can make it to the playoffs. It's strange, but it is very true. Uh, I think the Oakland Raiders will not be alone searching to find rhythm and continuity in the first four games of the season. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the NFL right now that are in the same boat because of the CBA and because of the way the practice schedule works. Uh, the improvement, uh, the, the the improvement you need by two two straight practices on pads in the same day is is big. It's those things that you, they can't do. It makes a huge difference in the outcome of the product when it comes to the beginning of the regular season. And I've been going on long enough about it, but I think it's bullshit. And that is all I have to say. The Seacocks, um, they're going to come in here to handle us. I can tell you that for sure. They don't like the Raiders. They never have. There's a big degree of hate because we used to be in the same division, believe it or not. Um, and... Their fans hate us. I guess their team does too. I don't feel that way. I'm like, oh, Seahawks, whatever. But uh, <laughs> let me just say this. When they play their preseason games, they're pretty serious. And I intend or I expect no less for them when they play the Col come to the Coliseum. Uh, they're a serious group, and we'll see how they play. More to the point, we will see how the Raiders react uh, to this juggernaut coming to town. Uh, it'll be an interesting game. We'll see how they they play it out. And that is all I have to say about the Seacocks. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Um, let's get on the bone line, folks. We got some great callers here. Some guys we haven't heard from in a long time. I love this part of the show. Let's stay on it. Let's keep doing it because, um, well, if you guys quit, that's for sure a sign that I got to go. <laughs> and on that note, 
who is the first caller for this show? And our first caller is Raider Grant from the great Northwest, stuck in Oregon. I love this guy. What's up, brother? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is Raider Grant up here in the biggity, biggity, biggity Oregon. Just wanted to call in and say, how good does that Connor Cook trade, or excuse me, Connor Cook uh, draft pickup look now? Uh, McLellan and or Connor Cook uh, for the Cowboys since Tony Romo broke his back. Uh, probably looks like a trade bait, in my own opinion. But uh, other than that, I'm excited to see uh, the game tonight, uh, Tennessee versus uh, the Raiders at home. Uh, hopefully the boys show up to play. We actually see some, some push input on both sides in the trenches. Uh, I'd like to see the defense, you know, actually – has a unit push, and I'd like to see the offense do the same. So, other than that, this is Raider Grant. I'm excited for the season. I will be at the home game uh, with for the Chiefs. Have pretty decent tickets. Uh, Going to give me some bad boys a barbecue before the game. So, hope to see everybody out there. Uh, other than that, uh, Raider Nation, I'm out. Yeah, I think that Connor Cook pickup was a smart idea, and perhaps we will get to uh, get a a draft pick for him. We'll see. I'd like to keep him. Honestly, I think that that was a really good steal and maybe McGloin needs to go. I don't know. Um, either way we should, we should come out pretty well and poor Tony Romo. Don't let me get started. That was a brutal hit. I feel bad for the guy, but they knew what was coming down the pipe. Everybody did because the guy was just too beat up to play football. Thanks for the call, brother. And my next caller is representing the Northwest Raider Booster Club. You guys are coming in big. Northwest Raiders all over. That's good, man. Yeah, you know what? I appreciate the call, brother. I certainly do, because I know you guys up there are repping hard for the Raider Nation, baby. What's going down, Raider Nation? What's going on, Raider Greg? Hey, over here in the Pacific Northwest, Raider Nation, baby. Northwest Raiders Booster Club representing over here in the 206. You know how we're doing it on a Saturday. Just got done watching the Tennessee Titans and the Oakland Raiders. Greg, I heard you on last week's podcast, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to panic. You know what, Greg is just he's overreacting. But after watching the Tennessee Titans, man, starting to shake a little bit, man. Starting to shake. All I got to say is that I'm going to keep the faith, keep it going, and just rock my silver and black and just cross my fingers for the first, for the home over, or for the, uh, the first game of the season at the Superdome. So, Let's keep the faith, everybody, you know. Give a shout-out to uh, Magic Made Music, Juan V, my dad, Charles Joaquin, representing all day, every day. Northwest Raiders Booster Club, baby. Raiders! Well, I'm not trying to, you know, (laughs) throw out a panic button. I'm just seeing what I see. I could listen to every pontificating pontificator to tell me how great the Raiders are and how great they're going to be. But you have to see it to believe it. And brother, I ain't seen it yet, but let's hope we do see it come New Orleans time. You know what I mean? I appreciate all the love and the call, brother. Uh, Shout out to your brothers out there. Very cool. Give us a call back, man. And our next caller, a first-time caller. What's up, brother? This is Raider Dago. Oh, you're in San Diego? Hostile territory, bro. What's up? Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? First-time caller, long-time listening. You know, y'all can go by the name of Raider Dago. I'm stationed here in San Diego, represent for the Raider Nation. Uh, I'm calling, you know, just to talk about the Raiders. I'm currently watching the uh, Tennessee game, and you know, it's a uh, 
it's, it's been a long game. Uh, we've seen we've shown some flashes offensively. Um, obviously, the, the offense finally got got started this time around, and two two quick touchdowns at the beginning, and Carl looked great. He, he, I know he missed one right at the end of the first half, but you know the the worry was the last couple of weeks the offense could not get into the end zone, and we finally got into the end zone today. My main concern heading into this year, to be honest with you, is the defense. Uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's if it's the schemes or the game plans or personnel, but the defense does not seem to be gelling right now. And I don't know if it's it, again if it's a cause of personnel or game plan or whatever the case may be. But I feel like heading into the season, is, is, from what I've seen, the first three games of preseason, mind you, it's only preseason. It's going to be a long year if the defense cannot step up. Now I'm hoping that everything that's been going on in the preseason has all been experimental and they're real and Norton trying out some different things. And I hope they get it together. But heading into the season, the defense right now is looking kind of – I know they're showing flashes a couple times, but for some reason we get Tennessee – for example, for today, Tennessee's offensive line is filled with a lot of rookies, secondary guys. They were just, just bull rushing our defensive line, just driving them down the field, whether it was Murray running behind them or it was uh, the kid from uh, Henry from uh, Alabama. So – we got to tighten up, you know. But other than that, you know, I mean, I'm optimistic. Finally feel good about this year. It's been a long time since 2002 since I was just excited, 2003. So, you know, hopefully we can make it happen, and we'll see how it goes. So, you know, first-time caller, definitely won't be the last time. But, you know, shout-out to the Red Nation, and let's keep it moving. This is it. The Black Black Plague is upon the NFL, and, you know, we're coming, baby. Go Raiders. Well, first, thanks for the call, brother. But let me just say this. If it were just a scheme thing or they were just trying out new things, the head coach wouldn't be as concerned as he is. And trust me, he's not hiding it from anybody. He said it right out that they're worried about the run, that they've got to get that fixed, that it's a problem. But that doesn't mean that doesn't sound to me like they're experimenting around. That sounds like to me they got some issues and we can see it with our own eyes. I'm concerned, bro. Whatever. It's another season of Raider football. Hopefully it'll get better. That's all we can hope for. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Nate calling from Fresno, the Central Valley. Huge, huge Raider Nation presence right up in there, brother. What's happening? What's up, Raider Nation? First time caller finally decided to do this shit. Raider Nate from deep up in the valley, no town, Fresno. Well, after three preseason games, I mean, what can I say? Your elite Saints status looks like uh, we're going to have to outscore teams throwing through the air. Running game's questionable. Defense, uh, I mean, we're going to see what we've been seeing. You know, Max Beast. I don't know about everybody else, Sean Smith, maybe it's no one's going to throw to his side, so they're going to pick on the other side. Emerson better live up to that contract. But one-dimensional, through the air, outscoring teams. I know defense wins championships, so I guess we're not ready. f podcast, love the bone line. We're not uh, – the defense is not there, but I still have high hopes. I know it's preseason. I know it's preseason. I know it's preseason. Go Raiders. I'm out. Well, thanks for the call, brother. Hey, your eyes don't deceive you. Uh, you can listen to a lot of guys. You can listen to people talking about, oh, it's only preseason. Don't worry about it. And then you look at the defensive line. We are getting fucking gashed, bro. That is a really big concern. And you're right. We're going to have to score a bunch. And I don't know if we can do it just throwing the ball. We got some issues, but I'll tell you one thing. We're improving, which is a good thing. So we'll just keep it there and see how we roll for the first four games of the season. It's going to be tough. Thank you for the call, brother. Now, our next caller needs no introduction, although I will give him one. This guy has been around for a long time. He's called in many, many times. He don't hold nothing back. I love his personality. He is truly Raider Nation. Um, 
He's a good fan. What is up? This guy, C-Money's in the house. What's going on, brother? Yo, guess who's back? It's your boy, C-Money. Hey, man. Raider Greg, what's going on, brother? Raider Randy, I miss you guys, man. Haven't seen you or heard of you guys in fucking years, man. But I'm back, and I'm going to give my assessment on this fucking team because they're fucking garbage. Um, I said it. You can go back in your podcast, Greg, uh, maybe five years ago, maybe four years ago. You can go back into your podcast and go go through the archives. I hate to say this, Raider Greg. I love you. You know you're my brother. But I'm going to tell you something. Jamarcus Russell needs to fucking go. He's fucking terrible. He sucks. I'd rather see Gradkowski as a fucking starter than Jamarcus Russell, the way he's been playing in the preseason. This kid's the real fucking deal. Now, Darius Hayward Bay, he hasn't shown me shit in the preseason so far. And you may not want to hear this, but I don't care if Michael Crabtree was a fucking head case. I don't care if he was a crybaby, a pussy motherfucker who's holding out for a contract. Facts are fucking facts. Crabtree's a better wide receiver than fucking Bay. I hate to say it. We fucked up and took the wrong dude, okay? We took the wrong motherfucker. And you can say what you want about attitudes and about this and about that. We, I don't give a fuck if, if this dude's fucking going around robbing fucking churches for a living. The fucking dude can play football. He's got way better skills than fucking Darius Hayward Bay. He's a way better fucking wide receiver. We fucked up on that pick. We picked this dude. He hasn't shown me shit in the preseason. Now we got to stick with that asshole. And he better fucking do something, because if he doesn't ship his ass out along with Jamarcus Russell and get rid of all those banana-eating motherfuckers, okay, our run defense fucking sucks. And if it don't get better, we're going to get blown out by San Diego Monday night. And what's this fucking shit? Tom fucking Cables punching his fucking assistants and breaking their jaws. What the fuck is that all about? Now we have to worry about our fucking head coach getting suspended for five or six fucking games. Who the fuck's going to coach the fucking Raiders? Al Davis? I said when McKenzie got hired as the general manager that he set us back a fucking decade. And you're seeing the remnants of that right now. You're seeing the remnants of it. Yeah, he made some good draft picks. He made some good draft picks. But you're seeing the remnants of him coming in and dismantling the whole fucking program with the firing of Hugh Jackson, getting rid of all those great players, fucking Jason Campbell, Terrell Pryor, uh, all those great fucking players we had. He just got rid of everybody. He fired all the coaches, got rid of all the players for the salary cap, to fucking restructure the salary cap and everything. He fucking, he set us back a fucking decade. And I, in my personal assessment, Raider Greg, I think we're going to have a losing season this season only because I'm watching the fucking Raiders against Arizona, the first game of the preseason. Yeah, they looked good, okay. Against Green Bay, they shit the fucking bed. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't even fuck their own mothers if they if they tried to. And then in this fucking third game against fucking Tennessee at home in the black hole of all places, they fucking looked like shit. Derek Carr made a couple of passes. Okay, Mari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, but that was the fucking that was the end of it. After that, there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. The running game fucking the, – the offense looked stagnant. They looked fucking stagnant. With the exception of Cooper and Crabtree, they have no fucking offense. They have nothing. The tight ends can't do fucking shit. They can't even get open for fucking passes. The running backs are fucking garbage. They're garbage. You got Ray Rice out there who's sitting out there. The Raiders could have went and fucking got Ray Rice. He's just sitting out there. They're not going after him. These running backs fucking suck. Uh, the offense looks fucking stagnant. They can't put up any points unless it's Cooper or Crabtree. Um, the defense looks worse, in my opinion, than last season's. We look fucking worse. The defense looks worse. We couldn't stop the run if, if they could. If they if they fucked their own mothers, they couldn't fuck. They couldn't stop the run. What I'm trying to say is the defense looked a lot better last season with fucking Charles Woodson. You had fucking Alden Smith who fucked up. And now he may be kicked out of the league for good. So now we lost Alden Smith for the whole season instead of nine games. We lost him for the whole season. We're, we're fucked. We can't stop the run. We never could stop the run for the last fucking eight, nine years. We can't stop the run for shit. Our secondary got fucking worse. We hired Sean Smith from Kansas City. He doesn't look like he's panning out to be shit. He gets burnt on every fucking pass. 
David Emerson or whatever the fuck his name is. I think he sucks too. He hasn't done shit. He's not doing nothing. We look stagnant on offense. Our fucking defense fucking sucks. Our secondary got worse. Special teams, they don't look great. And and the punchline to all this Raider Greg and Raider Randy, you may not believe this, but I said it years ago. The biggest fuck-up they made was hiring fucking this coach. Del Rio is not a fucking head coach. He's a fucking coordinator. They had the opportunity to grab Shanahan, a Super Bowl-winning fucking coach. They interviewed him. They had him. Shanahan, man, two Super Bowl championships, fucking multiple playoff appearances. The dude's a fucking winner. They had a chance to get Mike Shanahan and fucked it up and went and got this fucking piece of shit fucking Del Rio. I'm telling you right now, we're fucked. Del Rio can't coach. He 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 sucks. They were better off keeping fucking Tony Sperano. They were better off keeping Tony Sperano than hiring this cocksucker. And the only and the only reason why they got rid of Tony Sperano was because you know. This guy, you know, McKenzie wants to do it his way. And and if that's the case, we can go back even further than that. They should have kept Hugh Jackson, even though Hugh Jackson fucked up with Terrell Pryor and, and Jason Campbell fucking them over for fucking Carson Palmer, which was fucking bullshit because tight Terrell Pryor should have had the fucking starting job when Campbell went down. And what I'm trying to tell you is, Raider Greg, I got to wrap this up because I know it's two or three minutes. Here's the deal. Raiders... I don't think they'll do better than 7-9 and nine like they did last year. I don't see us making the fucking playoffs. I don't even see us winning the fucking division, to be honest with you. And I know it's I know it's doom and gloom and fucking it's glass half fucking empty and all that bullshit. And you can say whatever you want. But I'm telling you, this is C-Money. I'm telling you how I see it. I'm telling you how I have seen it the last 10 years. I've called it. I've predicted it. Everything's coming into fruition. This fucking team sucks. They're garbage. I don't see them going anywhere. And, yo, Raider Greg, good to see you, not see you, but hear from you. And I'm glad I got back in touch base with you and Randy, man. You guys are great. You guys are heroes. Keep doing your fucking thing. See, money's going to keep fucking bringing the raw. It's only I can bring it. And, yo, hopefully these fucking cocksucking motherfuckers can can do something, but I don't see these cocksuckers doing anything. And uh, I'm out, man. Peace. Well, there he is. The most colorful caller I have ever had on the show. This guy doesn't hold back, as you can hear. But you got to give everybody a a voice, man. And C Money deserves a voice because he's part of the Raider Nation. He is our friend of the show. And uh, listen, he's got some things. um, Like Sean Smith is very questionable. I like Emerson. I think he's a good player. I think he'll pan out uh, a lot. We can't we can't go over all this because a lot of water has gone under the bridge. I never liked Pryor. Um, Hugh Jackson, he screwed himself with Carson Palmer, like you said. A lot, you, you, you covered a lot of stuff, brother. Um, I like Jack Del Rio. I think he's a good coach. I think he will lead this team to uh, greatness. I think it's... His destiny, quite honestly. That's my opinion. I'm not so sold on Ken Norton, however, and his defense. I think we will have an offense just like last year, but our defense, if they don't get that fixed, bro, we're looking at less than seven wins. We won't get 500 if we can't fix the D. I thank you for the call, the passion. I always love for you, brother. Thank you for your take and... um just being refreshing, man. You keep it cool back there in the East Coast, man. And in a interesting twist, our next caller is the Raider Optimist. <laughs> wow. What a contrast. What's up, brother? What you got for us? Hey, how's it going, my brothers and sisters? This is the Raider Optimist out here. Uh, just got done watching, uh, some of the tape on the first three games of the preseason. Uh, actually just got done with watching, uh, the Tennessee game and, uh, it's preseason, you know, let's just boil it all down. Let's, you know, just to make it real quick and brief, it's preseason. The first two games were pretty much vanilla. The third game, obviously they opened it up a little bit. They opened up the playbook. Uh, 
probably, you know, maybe they heard a little criticism on the radio or in the media. Uh, that could have been the reason, but uh, <clears throat> it was uh, it was nice to see. It was nice to see uh, the them revealing a little bit of what they're going to do. And as you could see, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's no worries on the in terms of the offense of. Uh, production of moving the ball, moving the chains, scoring three points or scoring seven points. We should get three points every time. But we have a all-pro, all-star franchise quarterback in Derek Carr that uh, is going to move the chains, okay? Sometimes at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what kind of offensive coordinator or coach or, you know, if we want to be conservative, Jack Del Rio or whatever, Sometimes you just got to roll with what you know is a pro, and that's Derek Carr because he was making big plays the whole game when he was in against the Tennessee Titans. It was just fun to watch, fun to watch the command, fun to watch the comfort, fun to watch the execution, fun to watch the precision, fun to watch the the, the basically – the, the student becoming a now he's a teacher basically he knows this offense and making the throws doing everything uh, obviously we have no running game I have no trust in Latavius Murray it is over with him okay it is done he what he had a couple he had zero yards couple whatever the stats were he had nothing he's shown me nothing. Uh, Washington has shown me a heck of a lot more. It's beautiful to watch Washington. Not only can he run the ball, but he's a great receiver. He's he got that six-yard angle cut out of the backfield route uh, against Tennessee. Great, you know, this guy's put him, start him, uh, or whatever. Give make the more reps. I understand he got to play with Xavier. Say it's all good, but he is not a number one uh, running back. That's just plain and simple, and that's done. So guess what? We are throwing, throwing, and it's big time. Hey, it's nice to have a, a team that could, who could wing it, like Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess what? We're the West Coast, baby. That's how it's rolling, and it feels good, and I like it, man. I like it. So I'm uh, excited uh, to see the season coming up. Defense is, is getting a little shoddy, man. What is up with that, dude? Defense is, is really sucking, man. Defense is sucking. Sean Smith, hey, instead of trying to make an interception, okay, and let uh, Sharp go uh, uh, 60 yards to get down to the the red zone, just knock the ball down, son. Knock the ball down because guess what, Sean Smith? Okay, you're a big time. You're a good player. I love you, okay? But if you were able to catch the ball and make an interception and stuff like that, you would be playing offense. If you were able to catch the ball, you'd be playing offense. So knock the ball down. That's why you play defense, because you can't catch it consistently. Knock the ball down. Don't give them a shot. That went right through your hands, dude. You are not a receiver. Knock that ball down. Quit trying to high side. Let's play defense. Simple mistakes, okay? Simple things that could be that that first touchdown by Mariota all the way down there, that whole drive going down the field, that would have never occurred if Sean Smith just knocked that ball down. First, let's play fundamental defense. Okay, guys, defense players. Hey, I love what Dan Williams is doing. Defense, play fundamentals. Stick to the fundamentals. Okay? Listen. Stick to the fundamentals defensively. And let's let our offense and our superstar quarterback, Derek Carr, who's going to spread it and run it around. And once we get a running back here, like a Terrell Davis or whoever, I'll tell you, we're going to be big time. Okay? But until then, let's do the running back by committee. Okay? Use our boys. And guess what? Derek Carr, he's going to take us to the playoffs, baby. This is Raider Optimist. Love y'all. Love the show. Thank you, Raider Greg and Raider Randy. I love you guys, man. You guys rock. Out. First of all, brother, thank you for the props. Uh, We love doing the show. We love hearing from the fans. So you got to keep these calls coming. Um, The defense, like I said, I've said it. I meant it. You see it. Sean Smith. I'm liking I'm liking Amerson. I think he's coming out to be one of our better uh, defensive backs. Um, I'm not sold on the lightweight um, linebackers we have. They're too small. They're not big enough. 
Uh, once they get through that secondary, boy, let me tell you, it's going to be ugly. Um, yeah, because even our first-round pick of this year is small. I mean, he hits hard, but he's small. We have to have more size because of the size of players we play against, man. You can't win. Size matters, honestly. So I'm looking forward to a better season. The offense is going to have to put up a ton of points if this defense continues to have issues. So let's just call that while we see it. I appreciate the love and the props, bro, uh, and the wisdom. I'm glad you're seeing what we're seeing. Um, And so we'll just move on from there. Uh, Thank you for the call. Well, I must do a public service announcement because it's the public Raider Nation I'm talking to. (laughs) I love it. Listen, man, for this game we're going to have against the most hated Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's going to be a a tailgate party in Florida, the Florida Raider Nation tailgate, Sunday, October 30th. 25 bucks, be there. 35 bucks gets you all the booze you can choose, boy. Let me tell you, that's a deal. And I would be there if I could be. Uh, But you can purchase tickets at www.floridaraidernation.com. The proceeds benefit the Belitnikoff Raider Foundation. Uh, That's a great foundation. I contribute myself. Uh, Tracy's House of Hope is a great deal. But uh, it's a pretty cool event. Uh, We're starting at 9 a.m., going to 12, and lot 14. So get on the Internet. Hook up with these people if you're going to that Tampa game and get on it because they know how to roll down there in Florida. And the Tampa Bay Raider Nation, what I'm talking about here, will let you know that the silver and black is in Florida for sure. No doubt about it. Well, that is it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. Let's hope that this next game against the Seacocks shows us something else. We're going to be cutting down to 53 real soon here, and football is going to start very soon after that. So let's hope they get these things going, the improvements that they need to get done, because our season is on the brink, if you know what I mean. I am Raider Greg, and I am... Out!